Hello from Bear and Kura, a podcast from the Land of Oz Information Services. I love you, Kura. I love you, Bear. This is episode 62 of the Bear and Kura podcast. We're going to talk about society and culture. How has technology impacted modern society and culture? Well, we're we're not a bunch of tiny little villages anymore. It, it's a whole great big world that people everywhere can communicate. Yeah. No more sitting by the campfire discussing things where we can get on the web and do it. Basically have the whole world at our fingertips in a matter of seconds now all due to technology. I suppose there's a lot of places where technology hasn't reached, but they probably are of no consequence to us. No, no, which is a shame. The technology is out there, but due to certain circumstances, they can't seem to get it or are privy to it. How has technology impacted modern society and culture? It's made the world what it is today. From communicating to loved ones all around the world to just everything. I mean, just day in, day out operations of life, technology has a hand in it. I mean, wouldn't you agree? I think it's made the world a lot smaller. Mm hmm. It used to be, well, I'm thinking like in my grandparents' day, when they were children at Christmas time, they'd get a lemon or an orange because. That was something from far, far away that was difficult to get. And we go to the grocery store and see them every day. Mm-hmm. You, you see these fad diets because somebody has found some kind of what they call superfood. And they're getting it from thousands of miles away. And, well, now we can do that. Yeah. Maybe the technology is store it and harvest it and... Uh, transport it so it used to be you couldn't buy chocolate at during the summertime because they it there was no refrigeration yet and it would melt before it got there hmm. yeah that makes sense a lot of little things that you don't really think of day to day day to day operations and stuff but yeah technology has had its hand in all of that how do social media platforms shape our perceptions and understanding of current events well, everybody has a worldwide audience now, and some little thing, somebody getting murdered, and and somebody feels outraged by that, and that person has a big PR firm behind them or something, the whole world will know about it the next day. It used to be, you know, the further away it was, the... Uh, more people had to die before it was news. Yeah. And that's not true anymore. No. Yeah, and it's it's sad to say, but it does really um, shape the perception, good or bad. It really depends on how you, how you want to read into it and what responses you want to take seriously and which ones you don't want to take seriously. Uh, would you agree with that? Yeah, and... It kind of puts the onus on people to decide or, or research what's true and what's not. Yeah, you would hope so, but a lot of people don't. 
Yeah, a lot of people just click uh, share or reshare and like, and they consider that you know doing their social purpose or whatever. Yeah, and then and then they're basically uh, spreading a lie or an untruth, which isn't good. A lie can get around the world three times before the truth gets its shoes on. Mm, yeah. Well, most of the time, a lie is more scintillating, more, you know, people want to, I don't know, people always want to go for the the nitty-gritty of things and look at the worst-case scenario of everything, I would think. But that's just the way I am. Yeah, you're such a dirty bird. <laughs> <laughs> How does the concept of cancel culture impact free speech and individual accountability? I think it affects it quite a bit. Uh, everyone's afraid to be canceled right now. People aren't willing to open up and share what they have to think or share because they're afraid of the consequences. Well, I think that's good. I think people should be afraid of having bigoted viewpoints and spreading them around. Well, I mean, to a point. To a point, but what happens when you have a valid point about something and just because someone doesn't like what you have to say, they cancel you because they don't have the same point of view as you. I suppose I don't feel as affected by that because I'm not one of those people. Well, yeah, but I mean, but I mean, if I was a Nazi, I would worry about cancel culture because people would want to be canceling me, and well, well, you he would, should be canceled. But if you you're got to remember too, the, the the Nazi party actually got into power. By doing what it did, you know what I mean? So, that didn't make any sense. The mass of numbers that you get behind a certain movement, it could be the wrong thing, could be not being canceled. I'm trying to put it in words. If you get enough people behind a certain movement and they follow things, they're going to cancel the wrong thing. Like um, when the big communist scare happened and... um, Yeah. People were lost their their livelihoods because they were be, because they were called a communist. Yeah. Or when people were called witches and mm-hmm. had in the Salem witch trials. Yeah. Or there's a litany of fifty that. years ago. Of the government had a big push to get all homosexuals out of government offices. Yeah. Right now. They're trying to get rid of transgendered people. Mm-hmm. It seems like there's always something so, that ought to be canceled. They're trying canceled. to cancel drag queens and all that. So, you see what I'm saying? I, I say cancel the cancelers. Well, that's yeah, but it goes both ways. You know, it just really depends on who has the power at the moment and what they can cancel. How do race, gender, and class shape our experiences and opportunities in society? I don't know what that really has to do with society and culture, but there are certain people who um, get all the advantages and and don't even know it. They don't even think they do. And when those who are not in that class uh, speak up for themselves, then they're you know they're they're considered uppity. Mm-hmm. Just by being a male, I know. A white male? Yeah. I know that I have advantages that other people don't have. Um, I'm I'm a computer programmer, and I know that there are companies who have hired programmers like me, you know, white males, simply because 
that's the the stereotype, I guess, of a programmer, and they, a, a company wouldn't even consider a woman for the job. Yeah. Even today, nowadays. It's a, a good thing to point those things out, but um, people don't. People don't want their... But people have a, a, their own kind of bigotry, and they don't want those exposed. Oh, yeah. Well, because then you can be canceled. Yeah. <laughs> How has the COVID-19 pandemic affected different communities and cultures? Oh, I think it's affected it drastically. I, it's harder to pinpoint them right now, but I guarantee if you asked us a question two years ago, we'd probably come up with a whole list of different things of how it's affected it, but now that it's kind of in the rear of your mirror, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. I think, you know, it, it, it did affect, I think black community was affected a lot, large, lower income families were affected a lot more than higher income, I believe. I mean, there's all these studies abound about death and mortality rate of it. I mean, well, there, there are two things that come to mind to me. Um, number one was so many uh, Asian countries were blamed for COVID, unjustified, I, I think. If it wasn't for COVID, something else would come along. And a lot of uh, minorities here in the United States of America who have jobs that couldn't work at home, you know, they didn't have the type they didn't do the type of work where they could log into a computer and do their work. Mm. Uh, I think they were affected greatly. They, they still had to go to work. Yeah. How do different religious beliefs shape societal norms and values? Uh, I hate saying it probably more than they should. Especially right now. Especially right now. I don't think religious beliefs actually should shape any kind of societal norms just because there's so many different religions. I mean, besides your basic tenets, like thou shalt not kill and stuff like that, I mean, religion shouldn't have to do with law. I, I think it should be completely separate. Or government, uh, for that matter. For some reason, there's people in the society want them to walk hand in hand, and I, and I just don't get it. I don't see the need for it or the justification behind it. Just... Like the day before yesterday, I read an article, and I believe it was the Family Research Council was asked, or, or they gave their opinion on prayer in schools, and they said they were not in favor of prayer in schools. Mm. And the reason for that is because if their little Christian prayers were allowed, it would mean that the Satanists, <laughs> their prayers would be allowed too. Yeah. And they don't want that. Yeah. That's crazy. I, you know, what goes around comes around. Mm hmm How do popular media and entertainment influence our culture and society? Well, they always have. Even before we had the technology. Of, oh, it's, yeah. Uh, it goes every time, in the days of piano uh, sheet music, Anytime there was a big news thing, somebody would write a song about it, and people would be singing songs about it. For, I mean, that seems strange to us now. Mm -hmm. But entertainment has always been a part of culture. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it tells us, it influences what people wear, what people eat. I mean, there's a whole freaking 
career path called influencers now for social media. Just people who try to influence other individuals on product placement and put the buy and stuff like that. But that whole concept just doesn't seem right to me. Why? I, I don't. I can't really pin down what what I don't like about it. But so you know, so if I had an offer for this podcast, and they wanted us to influence people on pimp an item. You want to do it? Oh well, like Big we, Randy's we, we cheese. Pro- Here we go. It's great. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> we we probably influence our listeners. Um, both of them have probably changed. <laughs> Oh, I adore you. (laughs) All right, so. How has the rise of gig economy affected traditional employment and labor structures? I have no idea. You don't even know what they're talking about in that question, do you? No, I don't. Gig economy is where you put yourself, uh, well, there'll, there'll be like an app. Fiverr is one that's pretty popular. And people say, Okay, I I can do this. I can write stories, or I can write songs, or I can make wood blocks, or, or draw pictures, or whatever. Okay. And somebody comes along and says, "Well, I need this picture drawn." And the the, That's the people gig. they they sort of bid, yeah they 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 bid on the gig for for doing that job. So I guess it probably uh, allowed a lot of freedom. And movement. Well, it, it would give you exposure that you wouldn't have normally gotten. Yeah. Normally, you put a wine ad in the paper, and you know the locals will read it, and that's about as far as it goes. Yeah. These gig apps, you know, give you a worldwide exposure. Hmm. That's I, I see the problem with that is instead of having. Oh, you know, like an agency that that does that work for you. You're like an independent operator, kind of so like a freelance. Y- yeah, you you don't have a, a a big structure where you have uh, vacation and benefits and insurance and things like that. You're you're completely on your own. Yeah, yeah, but I guess you also have the freedom of coming and going when you want to. I couldn't work that way. I, I like the structure of it. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, I'm not saying it would be for everybody. Most people probably wouldn't like it because it, it's not a steady paycheck. Yeah. So, But I guess there's other people that would like it because then they're not tied down to any one thing. How does the concept of cultural appropriation impact the relationship between different ethnic and cultural groups? I think cultural appropriation is a good thing. I think we should all be exposed to other cultures and societies and learn from them. I, I think life should be like a buffet. You, you take the parts that you like and you leave the rest. Yeah. Well, do you think it's fair when people get upset about that, though? That people like the culture appropriate like the black culture? I, I, I guess I can see their point, but if... Aren't we all supposed to be a big melting pot? If people can learn from your culture, I, I think it's a, it should be okay to steal from it. I think yeah. we should steal from the best of all cultures. And make a big mega culture? Uh, like the ultimate culture? And people will always go off and, and do their own thing. Yeah. 
the Amish have a culture. You know, they're, they're, they try to main, or to keep a distance from, from our society. Yeah, but how many people have you seen trying to appropriate the culture, <laughs> the Amish culture? True. You know? Yeah. So I guess you just steal from the best? <laughs> that That's my idea, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I agree with you. And, and I don't, if, if somebody, if I have a good idea and somebody wants to use my idea, I don't, I, I don't see a problem with that. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree with you 100%. All right. Well, that looks like it's the end of the week. So what's your favorite joke right now? Did you hear that someone stole all the toilets at the police station? No, I did not. The cops say they have nothing to go on. Oh, gosh. <laughs> all righty. That's just sort of a polite laugh. Yes, it was. That wasn't one of your best dad jokes. We hope you've enjoyed episode 62 of the Bear and Kura podcast. This is Bear. And Kura. Goodbye. Goodbye. You have been listening to the Bear and Kura podcast, a production of the Land of Oz Information Services. We can be contacted via email using the address podcast at oz.com. And Oz is spelled A-W-E-S.